0: in a world where people actually watch the stuff their friends recommend. This is I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine.
1: The DOJ neither invited input from Purdue's victims nor the public, nor apparently any members of the House and Senate. The negotiation between these two parties, the DOJ and Purdue slash the Sacklers alone, is not sufficient to make this kind of policy decision. The, my clients are like the ghost of Christmas past. They're here to tell you in 2007, they saw there was a problem. The problem got worse. And this is our moment, to, their, their moment to tell you, we gotta make sure that the future is safer. Okay. all right thank you
2: um good morning your honor and good morning to everyone uh, who is on the line Um, Your mr quinn many times used the phrase purdue slash the sacklers The, the kind of suggestion that purdue and the sacklers are in this together
1: is really not helpful and it's just it's not fair
2: welcome
0: friends today we're diving into a film that's more beautifully constructed than my last ikea furniture attempt all the beauty and the bloodshed. Can you believe the audacity of that Purdue Sackler lawyer? Sounds like he's auditioning for a role in a new drama, The Whiny Lawyer Chronicles. I mean, oh, it's not fair, that line is so priceless. I just had to immortalize it in a sound drop. It's just, it's
1: not fair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, get ready for some echo because we're gonna be hearing that a few more times today.
1: It's
0: just, it's not fair. Greetings, Lookers! We hope you're ready for a dose of culture that's stronger than Nan Golden's activism. Welcome to this edition of I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine. The podcast is one-part movie discussion, one-part game show, where we never know what we're watching next. I'll be your host, Ben Mitchell, and you can find me on Twitter and most social media with the handle at red hen Media one Just look for that Red and icon. And welcome to the third episode of Series 12, yes, 12. We finally reached the number of angry men in that classic jury room. Just like them, we're here to dissect and discuss, though hopefully with a bit less yelling. There will be five episodes in the series, and the series theme is documentaries, for which we've all secretly submitted one movie. Now we all guess who submitted what movie in our Who It segment, and at the end of the series, the winners awarded a Who Dundee trophy, along with a bonus prize. And this series bonus prize is a $50 gift card. And that's not all, because you are the X Factor. Yes, there's also an audience choice selection somewhere in the mix. So please head on over to redhenmedia.com slash audience choice, submit your pick, and we may watch and discuss your movie on the show. Again, that's redhenmedia.com audiencechoice audience choice. And today we'll be discussing All the Beauty and the Bloodshed 2022, which is a documentary feature film that's currently streaming on Max. And welcome to this very special episode. From opioid crises to art critiques, today we'll be discussing a film that makes The Hangover look like a gentle Sunday brunch. That's right, we're diving into the documentary, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, a film that captures the life, art, and activism of Nan Golden, focusing on her fight against Purdue Pharma and the Sackler family for their role in the opioid epidemic. Speaking of hangovers, my co-hosts are here, recovering from our latest movie marathon. Yes, joining me today are a few characters who make Nan Golden look like a wallflower when it comes to their opinions on movies. I just caught them comparing cinematography techniques in the break room when they thought I wasn't looking. So. We better join them before they start a rogue spin-off podcast in the supply closet. Howdy gang. Howdy, howdy. It was a bit. Uh, so, <laughs> with us today, she's simultaneously credible and incredible, the anomaly cat, Flash Focus Ramirez.
3: Hey, y'all. Just like I'm always real with my friends and family, I'll always keep it real with y'all, too. As always, grateful to be here.
0: So grateful to have you here. And the provocative one, Mr. Devin
1: Snapshot Schwartz. <laughs> I appreciate that uh, office reference in the intro. And the uh, uh, game is on. The game is on indeed.
0: Excellent. The right audience. All right. And my good friend, the incendiary
2: James Perfect exposure, Pepe. Oh, man, this is the first time I've heard that one. Usually just people recoil in horror when I am exposed to them. <laughs> 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 He's
0: fast, lightning fast. <laughs> all right, so let's frame up and zoom in on today's headlines. Inspired by all the beauty in the bloodshed, cat. Let me do my sound drop. Kat, what developing news caught your lens today?
3: Yeah, so I saw on the New York Times a headline that read um, Female bartenders kick out IRS employees from artsy bar in Times Square for being too square.
0: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Devin, you're not off the hook. Did you slide any interesting stories into our dark room today?
1: Uh, Given the style of this headline, I think it was ripped straight from that boy's newspaper in that that sound drop there. Uh, I found this headline that reads Sackler's Fat Satchel Sacked by Stout Hearted Savant and Several Staunch Supporters. Oh, wow. Whoa. That was a good one. Yay. (laughs)
0: Love it. (laughs) All right. That wraps it up. Now, James Pepe, were, were you able to capture any headlines that stood out?
2: yeah uh yeah so i i found this (laughs) on this headline uh talking about this movie (laughs) the headline was uh being an artist seems way less fun than previously thought (laughs) (laughs) torture (laughs) that's hilarious well
0: done all right good job everybody that wraps up today's headlines now let's get some context in a little segment that i like to call the rundown
1: you started on that rundown yet? Oh, this is just something I'm taking a break with. Oh. I will right, we'll get back to the rundown, uh, right now. Okay, great. Hey, you know what? Do you have a rundown that I could take a look at, just so I know what type of rundown you're looking for? Just keep it simple. Keeping it simple, that's what yeah. I'm doing. But I am working hard on this one, real hard, so. You're working hard on this? No, not, not too hard, not harder than I should. Right. I mean, why work harder than you should? <laughs>
0: no i tap dancing for the boss man all right our boss charles Miner just demanded a rundown and jim from the office it's true just handed the dossier over to cat ramirez so let's see what cat has for us on all the beauty and the bloodshed take it away cat
3: Yeah, so All the Beauty and the Bloodshed is a 2022 documentary film um, that follows the personal life of photographer and activist Nan Golden um, as she tackles the pharmaceutical company and family responsible for the ongoing opioid crisis. Uh, The film premiered at the 79th uh, Venice International Film Festival and won the Golden Lion Award there. It was also nominated for Best Documentary Feature, at the 95th Academy Awards. Um, And although it did get a lot of acclaim with critics with a 95% uh, Rotten Tomatoes rating, it wasn't as popular with audiences coming in at 7.6 out of 10 rating on IMDb. So I'm curious to hear from you guys on how we're going to rate it, given that.
0: Interesting. Well, I'll ring it up for its Golden Lion, which is the first I've ever heard of that, but it sounds rad. I'd, I'd love to have one. I'd be honored. <laughs> yeah, I'm also interested in in where we go with this one. Um, complex topic indeed. Anything else you want to add to your rundown?
3: Um, well, the Golden Lion Award, I guess, is a pretty special award to get for a documentary. Um, so it is That's why I don't know it. it. It's yeah, it's not one I'm also aware of either, but when I was reading up on it, it was it's a pretty special award that it, it got. Um so, yeah, but that's, yeah, that's a lion.
0: If you're a documentary filmmaker, you know, the golden lion type of thing, right?
3: Yeah, probably most likely.
0: I'll buy that. All right. It's the coolest sounding award I've ever heard of. So.
2: Who wouldn't want a lion. <laughs> well, it's way better than the wood grain lion. Which is like Oh, the yeah.
0: Price. Just keep that one. it yeah. would be wood grain <laughs> lion. <laughs>
3: All right. Now that we're done with the rundown, we're going to play a game in the rundown recreation room. So here we go. Yay. <laughs> Got it. All right. Well, this is pretty straightforward. It's called Trivia Time, which means it's trivia time. Um, so I'm just gonna my favorite time. I'm going to be asking some questions um, regarding in the film that um, if you're paying close attention to, you should be able to answer. Um, And so just write your answer when you're ready and buzz in. Sound good?
0: Excellent. Classic trivia. I look forward to coming in last. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it.
2: You're so bad.
3: All right. So first question, what does Nan think is better than sex? Devin,
1: photography, it's sex.
3: you are correct.
2: Oh, geez.
3: All right, so second question: fill in the word, her blank was the start of my own. Her blank, okay, Pape, uh,
2: rebellion.
3: You are correct.
2: Yeah, nice. Nice. Job,
3: um, all right, so third question is which, oh, movie yeah, ends- that's right. Yeah, Sorry, it was yeah. you are correct, puppy. Yeah. It was from her sister. Um, third question is which museum removed the sackler name first? Devin.
1: I believe that was the Met.
3: You are correct. Oh, Very true. All right, fourth question. Where did the title of the film, All the Beauty and Bloodshed, come from? Devin, again.
1: That was a note from one of Nan's sister's psychologists.
3: Yes, it was. You are correct.
2: So these are the these are the benefits of
1: watching the move, movie moments before we record. <laughs> it's still playing in the background in real time. Like, how rolling. are you guys remembering this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's good details, damn.
3: All right, and uh, the next question is: How many months was Nan completely mute for? Hey babe.
2: I'm gonna say two.
3: You are incorrect. Ash. Devin. I
1: think you're correct. Um, it was six months. You are correct. No. Whoa, nice. Whoa! Nice
2: job, Devin. We should get half a point. That was my second guess.
1: Yeah. We're between two <laughs> okay. and six months.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: right. I mean, it was approximate in all fairness. So, yeah. um, okay, I have two more questions, and then we are done. Uh, what is the name of the family responsible for the orchid Prizes? Pepe.
2: Oh yeah, Sackler.
3: Yeah, there you go.
2: Yeah. So Those sackler I Baggins is <laughs> I knew I didn't like him.
3: Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, the next question is, what magazine did Nan want the Queens to be on the front cover of? I think that was Ben. Oh, I can't hear you.
0: Uh, I'm stammering because I, it, the name of it just slipped right out of my head. Damn it. Go ahead, Pepe. Pepe? Take it. I think you ring.
2: Okay, well, I'm going to guess Vogue.
3: It was.
0: Yes, that yeah, was Vogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it was Vogue. That's right. All right, and but he, all on. the
2: word been half the point. The, Ma, a half the
0: Madonna point. magazine. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and my last question sorry, I had one more. Um, what federal government agency would get too rowdy at the Tin Pan al- Alley bar? Oh. That was I think close, Devin, guys. I think.
1: Yeah, it's the IRS.
3: Yep, I know. I kind of gave that away in my headline. you
0: are so fast on the on the <laughs> uptake there. Well done.
3: And that's the end of my game. It's because
2: we're gamers.
0: Thank you, Cat. Okay, yeah. I knew I, I get a point. No, I get five points for correctly predicting that I would be in last place. <laughs> um, <but no. laughs> so where does that leave us, Devin, without my fake points?
1: Uh, that was five correct for me and three for Pepe. Nice. At, uh, a, my points are at 11 total. Pepe is at eight. And then Ben and Kat are tied at six points each.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's a right. tight race.
1: It's just one, race. Yeah, one good game. And you could, uh, yeah.
0: You know. oh, well, well hosted, Kat. And thank you for that excellent rundown. Okay. Um, so moving on, why don't we figure out who is responsible for this movie other than the Sacklers?
2: <laughs> <laughs> with,
0: with a segment called Whodunit. "Who Done It," we've reached the segment where we guess and reveal who's responsible for this week's submission. Winner with the most correct guesses at the end of this series will win a Who Dundee Award. Our current suspects include. James Pepe, Cat Ramirez, or audience choice? So, usually we go with our reigning champ, but Jordan is not with us on this series. So, I will take the first crack at this one. And I think that this one may be, I'm kind of wavering between Cat and audience choice on this one. Um,. Jeez, I guess I have to make. I'm. I'm trying to. Cat is just like poker face. Amazing, <laughs> amazing work there. You, yeah, I just that, damn the it failed is doing the same. miserably. I know. Get nothing from the audience. From the, know, audience. the audience, yeah, so hard. Someone, to read. someone call call us up. <laughs> Tell us you. All right. Uh, I guess I'm going to guess audience choice for this one. Um. All right, Cat. Well, clearly it wasn't you. So who done it? Or was you. Fooled me.
3: I don't think this is Pepe um, at all. So I'm going to go with an audience choice. So um, yeah, that's my pick for this. It doesn't scream like a Pepe film. So that's my alternative.
0: It wouldn't be your film, right?
3: No, absolutely (laughs) not.
0: Okay. All right, Devin, what do you think?
1: (laughs) Uh, I think that there could be a case for this being your movie, Ben, if you were still in the running. Uh, but given that you are not, this is clearly and obviously Cat's pick for this series.
0: Ah, oh, you're calling her bluff. Okay, let's we've uh, raised the ante, raised the stakes. Okay, over to you, James Pepe. It wasn't your movie. If it was, you get a point. Um, so oh, that's, that's right. already set. Yeah, yeah. So, did you, <laughs> don't tell us yet, but uh, it couldn't have been you. <laughs> no, it wasn't you. So, what do you think?
2: This movie wasn't my movie uh this has got to be either now i'm starting to think it was right (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean this is probably cat well this is cat's movie if it's not cat's movie i'll eat my bag of fentanyl that i have here oh dear god What is that stuff called?
0: Narcan stuff that I should know oh, more narcan? about?
2: Yeah, Narcan. narcan.
0: Yeah, I got to remember that. I sh- yeah. yeah, everyone should
2: have some of that, apparently. I might not If it's not yeah, cast exactly. movie, I'll spray spray my nose. I'll okay. My okay. We're going to you turn sure from the dark
0: side and find <laughs> out. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: right. That was my weak attempt at the segue. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So, we have... Two, vo- two votes for audience choice. We can't ask them. Two votes for Cat. Is that Maybe correct? So, yeah. Did I get it right? right? Okay. I can remember things that happened five seconds ago. Excellent. Yeah, um, right. All right. So we're gonna start with you, Cat, and and we we'll, and then if it's not you, we'll ask our very own James Pepe, and then we'll don't have to. We can do the audience choice by elimination, basically. Okay. It. So, Cat. realsies no lying no none of your poker face nonsense was it you was this your movie
3: it was not me and i can totally understand why you think it would be now so i understand but it's not me
2: wow got us i have to eat this whole bag now
3: (laughs) yeah you have to you have to
2: Oh, well, no. let's see if Pepe got a point. <laughs> Pepe, Are you, did you did you fool us all? Did you win your point? Man, I wish I I wish I could say that I did, but no, this wasn't my movie. Oh,
1: either. okay, incredible.
2: That is a the audience. <sighs> did... The audience knew what they were doing. There, yeah, they're playing 40 this chess is, over yeah, there. Yeah, this is damn.
3: This would so big. obviously totally. be a movie I would pick. Yes, yeah, so it's like, really about photography
1: yeah. and like, yeah, this and is as it's as social a, activism. Yeah. This
3: is totally my film, but it's not. I was, I was so Amazing. excited for this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's oh, hilarious. Man. So you, you that. didn't
0: think it was Pepe at all either. I imagine. I, yeah. I didn't think so. It just didn't seem like. Uh, I can't wait to see what yours is, Pepe. But this didn't feel like a Pepe movie. So, um, yeah, wow! I'm actually surprised that I got that right rather than I wrong. Was surprised. Oh, uh, everyone right. who yeah. got a point, update your point, please. Update your score.
2: I think that's Cat and I. Well, Cat, cats. She had an advantage on this. <laughs> yes, I
3: did.
2: She I did, did, but it wasn't her. Yeah, yeah. Like it
0: just happened that way, you know. It's just this if it happens, had been like movie. if it had been like a troll hunting documentary <laughs> in in <laughs> Norway <laughs> with some crats, you, this, we would have known. Yeah. Oh
2: man, this movie had her name written all over.
0: We it. would have woken Fried and known it was a Pepe movie.
2: <laughs> oh man, Woken Fright is such a good movie. Oh god, let's just watch that. I Always <laughs> ask Australian people if they've seen
0: it, and they never have either. I'm always it, like, you gotta watch to it. Yeah, you're right. You, you know what? I've mentioned that on the show before you've said that before and you're righter now than ever before. So, yes. You're, they don't need to see it. You know what? I got to put that in my pocket for, for you know inevitably what? the next time I ask one and they say they haven't seen it. I'm, yeah, of course you haven't.
2: If there had been an Australian person on this show and they had sub- they could have submitted that movie for this season. It would have been perfect. Yeah. yeah. Just a, a, a documentary about Australia <laughs> called Wake and Fright. That day, I almost did a spit take all over my keyboard, man. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me
0: having a sip of water.
2: <laughs> if there had been a person from, uh, what was it, Estonia, they could have submitted November for this. Uh, yeah. Clearly, especially with the <laughs> yeah, chickens. Correct.
0: The chickens in oh, the yeah, hut.
2: Definitely. The,
0: in yes. the sauna. Chickens in the sauna
2: brilliant (laughs) that's where you that's where you keep them
0: the height of serious cinema (laughs) i (laughs) love november though i really loved it um okay so let's see we have something to say here will all the hosts make sure your scores are accurate please we've done that and who is in the lead it looks like cat the cat came back and is dominating with three points uh pepe and i are tied for third place at two points or second place if you're an optimist i'm not and then devin <laughs> uh, <laughs> and devin uh, has one last. point that's right <laughs> but uh devin do you have time to catch up
1: uh not quite i might be able to join you guys for the uh, the race to tie uh second but not uh, we'll keep those it totally may
0: come down to. to those trivia points right uh,
1: Oh, I, yeah. I will say just to, just to wound Pepe, uh, if Cat wins this season, she will have won uh, more times than Pepe has, uh, even though she's only been on half the seasons. Dude, I'm terrible at this game. Ow, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hey, Ben. It's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> oh my God! Where is he's the... also won more recently than Pepe again, even though being consistent. For, for <laughs> We're rubbing it in, Devin. All right, Pepe. I I got you. I like hurting Pepe through this show.
2: Yeah. It's it's not fair. I agree. Dude, have that fucking ready for when we figure out the grade for this movie and I get told about how many shittier, how many better movies are shittier than this movie. I'm hotly anticipating. It's it's not fair. Fuck you, Ben. Fuck you. (laughs)
0: Thanks because for Sandra setting me up. That was, good, that was a good. That was a good spike. <laughs> Tonight, maybe,
2: but uh, <laughs> it'll be
0: around for episodes to come. So keep joining oh, us. Oh man! All right. So that's that's wonderful. This is, a, this is a this is a this is a hot contest for this series. I love it, and it's our biggest prize ever. Great. That's so um, <laughs> it is. It is. It's true. No, you're right. Uh, yeah. Now, now that we know who done it, the audience, it's time to ask why done it. No Okay, audience, write us an email and we'll edit this back in before the show airs somehow. But <laughs> we should technology be asking is
1: why, why isn't this Cat's movie? That's what we should be asking. Cat, no, was... why
2: isn't this your movie? <laughs> we should be asking is, why did Jordan submit this movie? <laughs>
3: yeah. No, I'm sorry. I just want to say, um, one, I love that you guys did think this was my movie like i love that you guys know me enough to know that um <laughs> 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 even though pepe thinks it's a very shitty movie <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm <laughs> sorry
2: i didn't mean that no 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 that's not what i meant i miss I, I think it's a very shitty movie it's just that a lot of my very excellent movies uh get rated lowly and devin's shitty movies get rated more highly than my much Higher quality movies. That's, That's what I meant. As a That's a little, that. more, a little more of Pepe's patented objective truth <laughs> that we <laughs> love
0: so much around here. <laughs>
3: and second of all, I just want to say I love whoever submitted this film. So yeah, seriously. like yeah, let, Jordan, let us know who it was.
1: Tell us, Jordan. Not only do I know this wasn't Jordan's movie, uh, Jordan even guessed that it was your movie, Cat, and he's literally only met you one time ever. So <laughs> oh, I love hearing from Jordan. That's great.
3: Granted, I'm the only woman in this group. Uh, I don't think it's the hardest guess on just that.
1: Alone. I mean, that's true. I don't think only one could submit this, though. I think that's
3: no, you know. no, no. I know, but I, I think him knowing you guys.
1: Yeah.
3: I don't know. It's it's a good educated guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, between the four of us, this was gonna be you, right? I mean, you are the audience, and it turned we we yeah. I don't know, Ben, like. What tipped you off that it wasn't? What made you think it wasn't cat? I'm interested.
0: Uh, you know what? I just had to make a choice, and I was actually kind of panicking, <laughs> and so I just <laughs> pulled a trigger on something. Oh, okay. It was just basically chance. Um, I'm surprised that. Yeah, I thought I was going to get it wrong, actually. To be honest, it's like yeah, to the <laughs> audience maybe I shouldn't have. But it's just luck of the draw on that one. Um, yeah. So let's start with uh, our just a regular 20,000 feet, what we basically thought of this movie. Had we heard of it before? Was this the first time we saw it? And um, was it enjoyable or or not, basically? Uh, so I'll start. Hadn't heard of this one. Um, I ended up uh, watching it for the first time uh, yesterday. And I wasn't sure what it was. It's kind of almost like formless or something in a, in a way. It was kind of all over the place. But then they they kind of brought it together around the Sackler, the theme with the opioid crisis. I know they kind of like kicked it off with that. But they, then it became like this hybrid of that and her kind of biography, which was good because I didn't really know who she was. So it was nice to have that background. Um, but, uh, I I was like, all right, this is good. This is cool. Like he was just giving it time to go watching it along. And then they got to the point where the Sacklers had to sit in the hot seat and, um, listen to the victims of of what they done. And it was just like instantly like that was the cathartic, like, uh, moment for me that was like, really like brought it all together for me. And I was like, okay now i get it this like this is this is pretty great um and in and, and the accountability they were able to get so uh, overall i enjoyed it and um it was one of those things where i am glad that for the opportunity to have watched it, a movie that i otherwise probably wouldn't have come across or watched on my own. So, uh, got a lot more to say about it, but I don't want to get too deep in anything yet. I'll hand it over to Kat. Had you seen this before? How was your viewing?
3: Yeah, um, I have not seen this before, but I recall, uh, being interested in watching it, um, probably like maybe, maybe like right after it was released on HBO Max. Um, so I remember how you heard about it. I, I think I was honestly perusing like just the, like documentaries. I was like, I just want to watch a documentary. And I looked at yeah. HBO Max, like documentary films. And I think I came across it, came across and like read what it was about. And I was like, Oh, I, like, this sounds interesting. I want to watch this. So I'm glad that this was chosen because I finally got around to watching it. Um, and yeah, I think probably what you guys assume is that I love this film. So yeah, like I do, I do think, um, it was done really well, um, both on a documentary sense and I, also, on an artistic sense, and also what the subject matters, um, like what it was about, I think was also really important too. So it hit all the spots for me.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, sorry, I was smiling there. It just occurred to me that we should start taking odds on whether or not people will like or dislike the movie, just to get oh, like yeah. keep gamifying everything.
2: That's a thing. <laughs> like like
0: th- and who thinks that cats gonna like the movie overall? <laughs> you know that type of thing. All right, cool. Well, thank you, um, Devin. Had you seen it? Had you heard of it? Did you like it overall? Did you dislike it?
1: Yeah. So I had not seen it before or heard of it. I had heard of uh, Nat Gold, uh, Nan Golden before. Um, you had through. Okay. Yeah, I took a, a women in art class a few years ago, and uh, our like final project for the class is we had to do like a biography on a female artist, and we like drew straws for what era of art we were each picking from and mine was like modern like 90s up to modern day and so i was looking at a lot of like transgressive art and like uh uh, protest art and things because that's very much of the era um especially among women artists and yeah she was one of the many ones that i had looked at i didn't do my project on her i can't remember the name of the artist i did do it on but um i definitely recognized her name immediately um from that class so you've
0: heard of her through your liberal arts education and universe plinko just exactly. happened to happen to come <laughs> across it in your research at some point. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, so what about but, the
0: the movie?
1: Yeah, I I enjoyed it overall. I think what uh, is keeping me from loving it is just the sort of nature of how much it contextualizes its story. And if it like kind of spends enough time on the point and maybe spends too much time on the context and setting up uh Nan golden's life it's like it's like very artistic mm-hmm. in a way that i'm not sure like i'm I'm not sure if it draws away from the message that's something i kind of want to hopefully get out in the discussion
0: this sounds similar to the thing that i was like noticing but kind of like trying not to be judgmental about too much but definitely did notice that as well so that'll be a talking point for sure uh yeah. all right cool thank you for that james pepe had you seen this have you seen it before how was your viewing
2: um i'd never um i never seen this before i never i don't think i'd ever heard of it before um it was nominated Mm -hmm. for an oscar though so maybe i did maybe i had heard of it i'm not sure but someone look up what it lost to
0: by the way i meant to say that earlier i'm always interested in that so you so you don't remember having heard of it before at least i don't think so the, the place i would have heard about it would have been at the oscars yeah a nice title. It sounds like an oscar title too. Yeah, yeah. Like Seinfeld would have made it up for one of their movies that they wouldn't watch. They always
2: made up titles for. <laughs> yeah, right. My favorite being uh, The Chunnel. Jerry and his date would be making out through this, <laughs> this whole movie, right? Oh my god! Right. What was it that they were making out of The English Patient
0: or something like that? I forget. No,
2: fucking fucking Schindler's
0: List. Schindler's List, oh, even worse. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's cancel the show. We're watching Seinfeld. Okay. <laughs>
2: um. Yeah. I mean, as far as my uh sort of like ballpark is, I thought. It, I mean, I thought it was a very, very serviceable documentary. It was like informative. It was. It was well crafted. Um. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't like grab me by the lapels and like you know like hold me there the whole time you know what i mean like it, um, mm-hmm. yeah i i wouldn't say it was like f- super captivating um yeah so anyway I, I mean i think we can and what we'll eventually probably start talking about some you know other ideas
0: will come out. oh too, absolutely so. yeah um well what did you let's talk about structure then because that seemed to be the thing that everyone sort of noticed about it um other than the topic which we will get into the main topic, the opioid crisis and, and the Sacklers, who I'd never heard of. Um, and the idea of, I'll just throw this out there so you can kind of think about it. The idea of trying to like, I don't know, uh, what, what did they call it in the movie? Not whitewashing, but like clean their name or something like that. Uh, of, of the mucky muck associated with it by giving money to institutions, you know. Um, yeah. So the structure of the film, they did it in chapters. There were seven chapters, each beginning with a photographic sequence of archival footage, and then transitioning to footage uh, of recent protests. So, how did you, did you notice that structure? Did you like that? Devin, you felt a little more strongly about they may have overplayed the contextualization of her life too much and not focused enough on the protesting. Um, but you know, it occurs to me they also did deliver on the results. So, um, how did that play for you? Did was it like the uh, de- delivered for me? I'll I'll say like I was kind of where you were, and then when I got to see them squirm and you know the the Purdue went bankrupt, I was like, yeah, okay, this is good.
1: Yeah, I think I think definitely the first half I felt it more than the second. The 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 first half really focuses on her life and the mm-hmm. produced stuff is sort of pushed to the back burner. Um, and yeah, I, I, sort of feel that we got a lot of, it It felt more of an autobiography of a biography than of a, a documentary did, didn't it? focusing on the, yeah, the issue. And it's, it works very well as a biography and it tells us a lot about her life. Um, I think where it lacks context is in the actual, uh, uh, opioid crisis and the uh, the purdue pharma and the sackler family like that stuff is we get a little bit of context through what she learns of that context it's like we are learning through her eyes but we don't get a lot of actual information about that which again might not have ever been yeah the, point no. of the movie but it feels like this sort of missed opportunity to sort of uh educate us more on the context of the situation than on the context of her life
0: Yes, and that was definitely a decision they made for whatever reason. It was almost like they went under the radar with the biography like you I didn't anticipate getting that from the trailer either. And sometimes when movies do that, no matter how good the movie is and whatever like from Dusk Till Dawn, like they didn't well, that's maybe not a great thing. You're going and expecting a certain type of film maybe based on, you know, uh, articles you read or, or you know, the, even the poster or the trailer. And then you go in and like something else happens and sometimes that can work and sometimes that can kind of stick in your craw and and kind of undermine what their the product actually is. Sometimes it's uh, the marketing department's fault. Like they'll just do that and like the original filmmaker won't even have a choice of the matter because they think it'll sell better and get people, you know, butts in the seat.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think Devin, I think you bring a lot of really good points um, because for myself too, it took me a bit to kind of get used to the switch between like the current um, activism going on with the opioid, opioid crisis and everything um, and then going to her life, and just the style is very different too. So like you go from news documentary kind of style to then super artsy feature documentary. So like that switch too was kind of like jarring. And I think initially at first I was kind of like, I don't know if I like this. Um, by the end of the movie, I maybe because I just got used to it, um, I was fine with it. But I do I do think that like it could have been more powerful if they had chosen either doing it as a feature, like focusing on just her life and doing it more in that like artsy kind of way or focusing on the activism that she played in the role that she played in that. Um, But I see the connection between the two. So like, I also understand why it was done the way it was done too. But I, I, I can understand also why it wasn't maybe the best way to go about it because i also think that with with that subject matter too that it should have been there should have been more focus on like victims of the opioid crisis there should have been more just information this is the most
0: compelling part right yeah like that's the part that, that really hit home for me is when the other when the family the victims family spoke that was like such a huge moment it was like that moment at the end of the the movie with the staring into the fire and such and the crying uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was that one called being a witch uh, i miss yeah. jim he would have been great on this show oh, yeah, so. jim if you're yeah.
1: yeah yeah exactly um yeah so two two things that that cat just like triggered in my brain that i remembered wanting mm-hmm. to say um so yeah she she cat uh, called attention to sort of the difference between a news feature and more of like an artistic documentary and i think that this is sort of Not only an issue with the, or not an issue, but only a thing that the documentary does, but a thing that I've seen a lot with um, protest art and transgressive art in general is a lot of the times the message of the art can get lost in the artistry of the art. And like even just the, you know, art that people are creating to protest, um, you know, whatever, it doesn't have to just be the opioid crisis, but any kind of protest art sometimes gets to the extreme where an outside observer looking at it, doesn't understand that it's a protest and just sees it as art. And once you get to that point, it's, I mean, the whole purpose is destroyed. Like you've, you've lost your credibility as a protester. If your art is so uh, abstract that, you know, people can't understand it. Um, And uh, so there's, there's that aspect of it. And then also the perspective of this film. Yeah. Focusing, Not on the victims and not on the part of America that's actually suffering from the opioid crisis, which is largely the Midwest and the Appalachian region, especially Uh, those like very, very poor parts of the country that are actually suffering from the opioid crisis and instead turning the camera to these very wealthy parts of society where uh, they, you know, it's it's where these perpetrators of the opioid crisis are and they, they are existing in this very wealthy area. But also, our heroes in this story are in this wealthy upper class, you know, and like you know, you can't really separate Nan Golden from this rich art world that she is a part of, uh, and she's trying to do better, and she's obviously a good person. But we see a lot more of her than we do of the actual people suffering, and don't hear as much of their their side. I hear
0: you. Does anyone disagree, or what do you think, Pepe? Uh, have you spoken on that yet?
2: Well i thought that the i thought that the um i thought that the point of doing the two sort of s- stories at once was to set up some kind of parallel between them um to sort of like track some kind of similar story that was going on both like in in her past and what was going on now um and there right. are, and if that was the intent, um, I, I, mean, I think it it was successful in some ways, right? But I, I, the connection, I think, seems a little tenuous. If that was the intent, do you have a right? what was the connection?
0: If you thought like, do you do you think they're
2: well? I mean, they even she,
0: delivered on that. If if that's what their intent
2: was. Um, well, like I, I think they, they sort I'm of. I'm having did, trouble. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um I, I think the idea is that, um, or I thought that the idea was that. Learning about um, Nan's sort of like past, you learn about these like disenfranchised people, right? They were, they are like. Um, y- you know, like not uh, they're just these people that live on the fringes of society for whatever reason, right? Because they're mm-hmm. uh, because they're like communists or because they're gay or because they're using drugs or whatever it's going to be, right? And I thought that the that they were trying to draw this parallel between like like this is like look at what happens to people who are disenfranchised or who don't um, I don't know, fit into, so- like I, it's even just weird to say that because I don't know necessarily that like, quote unquote, like fitting into society is like a thing that one wants to do, but just like having a space and being like, fucking left alone, you know, or just like able to exist in a normal sort of way, right? Um, yeah, like uh, not
0: being subject to the tyranny of the majority is how some people yeah. put it.
2: Yeah, and 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 trying to draw a parallel with the with the people who are um, now the ones who are suffering from the opioid crisis because they are being um, sort of oppressed by sort of the wealthy upper class people in the same way that sort of Nan's little like group of friends and artists were, and they are also a disenfranchised troop because like. Um, like Devin said, is that they're mostly like the the very poor people, and now they're so addicted to opioids that they can't do it. They're like, that's what their life revolves around now. You know,
1: and many so were just like,
2: that's what I turned in. Or something. I I agree. Well, I'll just start with that.
0: And Cat, I know you had something to say too. Um, real quick interjection that the with the with the families that they they tended to be like at least the ones they highlighted, they tended to be like purely victims where they weren't just like seeking to abuse drugs. It was like, no, this is where the doctor prescribed this for a surgery or an injury. And this person, it took, it ended up taking this person's life. Um, And yeah, I agree with you that it was about that. There were some parallels I drew when they were having people speak about the AIDS crisis back in the 80s and then kind of comparing it to what they were trying to do today. So I, I think I saw that as well. But Kat, what did you want to say about this?
3: Well, the connection between the two. Um, so, well, okay, so two things. Um, the The reason I think that they focused on her in regards to the activism and everything in regards to this issue was because she was a huge name in the art industry, in museums, that by having her presence there it It swayed them more so um than I think if she wasn't part of it. So I think her role in this was a significant role in 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 the activism and in within addressing the Sa family and everything. So I understand why they focused on her so much. In regards to this issue, or in regards to the activism that led to maybe um, the Sackler family being taken down, so I get the parallels there. Um, mm-hmm. But going back on her her own personal life, there are there are parallels that I also see. In addition to that, like I, I do see that just her, especially with like dealing with her friends who died with like from AIDS and the government not really intervening and not doing anything about it is very similar, I think, to the opioid crisis happening currently. So like, and not to say that that is the only, that gives her all the credibility in the world to speak about this issue, but um, it's not something that she's not at least, uh, hasn't been exposed to before in a similar sense, like where she has seen so many people in her life dying. Um, I do think the, the the criticism of like of classism playing a role into this film and what they focus on definitely is fair. Um, you know, we're definitely focusing on like more the city people um, that are going to be more wealthier or, or I don't know, just better living than people who are obviously actually having like entire t- towns being wiped from this um, drug uh, in the Midwest and, you know, in more impoverished areas. So, um, yeah, that's, yes. what I want to add. It's yeah. It's almost
0: I also, like I, it, it's almost like it real quick. It's just almost like they don't, they didn't express how widespread and the crisis actually is. I mean, the numbers almost don't tell the story, like Cat, how you put it, where it's like wiping out entire small towns and stuff that, that would be something that they might've wanted to include the documentary go ahead Devin.
1: yeah i just want to say too that uh, another parallel I, I see i could see them drawing is um with her sister and sort of the failing of the medical industry to help her sister that she was carted off to all of these institutions that uh clearly did not give her the help she needed and you know ultimately led to her death and that sort of parallel with these people going into a hospital with a broken leg and wanting help and getting drugs instead and eventually killed Um, I think the the issue with those parallels, at least for me watching, because I saw those parallels happening in the film, and I think Mm -hmm. the issue for me is it sort of feels sort of smells like that. Like I grew up poor, so I know what it's like to be black. It's like, no, that's not how it works. It's like that sort of uh ignorance of intersectionality and like how uh because you know, because you had a similar experience does not mean you know. That experience, like what that experience is, is for those people.
3: Well, well, just to also clarify, she did use, like she overdosed essentially. I'm pretty sure is what she talked about with with an opioid. So it's not in regards to at least taking and in, ingesting the drug. She did not experience it personally. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it was ever prescription, but yeah, like I get that she definitely had a a, a tangential experience to, with the, those people but yeah something about did it, it just did it rise to little. the
0: level of i grew up poor so i know what it's like to be black or was that just your way of kind of illustrating it to with an exclamation point so that we like get what yeah you're well, i think
1: that's just no yeah that's just an example it's like the most common example that you hear a lot of white people saying i grew up white and poor therefore i know what it's like or even i added worse than mm-hmm. someone who grew up black in america that's just a very common rhetoric mm-hmm. that uh, i think is is a similar rhetoric rhetoric to what the, the film might be using but no i don't think it's to that level of extreme she she is closer to the issue than than some could be but still i feel like the film wants us to think that she is suffering right alongside these people when it's like her suffering is very very different
0: somewhat of a dialed back version of that expression then yeah
3: yeah Mm -hmm. but i guess my question is do you have to be struggling do you have to be struggling in that specific issue yourself in order to play an activist role, right? Like, I don't know if that necessarily takes her... I get that, like, the focus of the film should have also focused on victims, and I'm totally, like, for sure, I think that should have been more included, but I don't know if that necessarily takes her credibility away just because it's not something that she maybe experienced herself fully like these other families have or... You know,
1: victims yeah no I, I definitely don't think it takes away your credibility i think that I, it's definitely not a, a criticism of her as an activist in any way i think it, it is a criticism of the tone of the film it's, it's very much the the lens of the the creator there where where this filmmaker is choosing to focus on her suffering as a way uh, of tying it to the opioid crisis uh in a way that i think doesn't really serve the overall message of the film it's like it it at some point it feels like a distraction from the actual issue where we could be spending time focusing on the actual sufferers of this instead we're trying to justify her activism by see, you know displaying that she has suffered as well so maybe
0: the film format is a victim to the filmmaker not making a like a strong enough choice or something like that where they yeah. might have instead of splitting the difference between two films they went with one or the other type of thing
3: i just wonder how i wonder how how would you uh, how would you do a feature film feature documentary that focuses on someone's life and that life includes her activism without also detracting from the content of that activism like i don't know i just i don't know exactly how you would go about it and I'm not saying that in, in the sense of, like, I disagree with what you're saying. I, I'm just saying that in the sense of, like, I'm I'm curious how that would look.
0: It's a fair question. I mean, especially when what happened, like, delivers such a nice, like, climax in, in the sense of the comeuppance that she was able to uniquely do with her unique role of being, you know, someone inside the building making the noise type of thing you know where where it actually she wields that power you know against this these institutions um as a filmmaker just like wanting to put this together i it would be hard to lay off including that if i was just making a bio film and then also it's so topical that the the marketing people uh, you'd be crazy almost not to market it like that too so just yeah. to put in an advocacy for the for the people who made those choices i i understand their where they're coming from as well
1: yeah i think i think that definitely like contextualizing her suffering and the ways that there are parallels because those parallels are i think fair to make but they are focused on for so long that it it that's mm-hmm. what triggers a sort of like ick reaction for me that they that they are <laughs> so focused on her suffering instead of the suffering of the people who are supposed to be partially the subject of the film i I think honestly just removing some of the context from or the the story of her life that is unrelated to that where she's just like living in lofts in new york with hippies and doing drugs and it's like that's just very interesting i would love to watch a full documentary about her life as a biography independent of any of her activism um but i think when you are spending time learning about how high she got in new york instead of learning about how the people doing drugs or dying in, you know, Virginia, uh, th- that's when it feels a little weird to me. I,
0: I did notice what you noticed as well. There was kind of a feeling of, of like, what am I, w- just kind of questions, you know, I had about like, what am I watching and where are they going with this? Was a lot of that similar feeling. Um, what did you think about the story of her life? I mean, again, just to advocate for the for the film, maybe they could have balanced it a little more towards the victims i think that would have been useful because i have to admit that was my favorite part was when they were focusing on that um but it was nice to understand who she was uh, because then we understand why and who she is which is super important as to why she can wield that power over these institutions when it came down to it
1: yeah i i I agree i think that i didn't like i said i did enjoy the stuff about her life I, i feel that it Maybe could have been two very good one-hour documentaries. Not to to uh, bring out my should everything issue just be a series <laughs> yeah, like exactly. a mini series? Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. Two I different episodes. You could, have,
1: you could have sort of untangled these two things, mm-hmm. and yeah, maybe. maybe mm-hmm. I mean, maybe made like a two or three-part series that built up to her activism, and uh, I think that context would have felt less out of place if it were like a whole episode dedicated to her younger life. And then a whole episode dedicated to her sort of suffering with the AIDS crisis and her friends dying and then build up to the whole Purdue pharma thing. And um, perhaps stop trying to Tarantino
0: everything with your documentary. (laughs) Jeez. I, I don't disagree, Devin. I got to say like, and I feel, I feel like it was, it worked. And then there also might have also been better. I, I didn't. Like I really liked it, but it also I think could have risen to even higher levels maybe if they had balanced like what you're saying. Kat, what did, what did you want to add?
3: Well, I was going to add that her art and photography was uh, was part of her activism. So like, I don't know sure. if you can separate the two. Like, because y- what you're advocating for, Devin, and, and like I I agree that the, this film doesn't, do it doesn't do the issue justice but also at the same time i don't know if you can separate like her activism from her life and from her her as an artist because as an artist she was her photography was focused on like specific issues regarding like women and stuff like that so like it, it was it, i don't know you can't i don't i if someone like I'm just thinking in, in a personal sense, it's like, if I'm someone who is into activism and also into art and photography, and i entwine both those things, and if someone did a film about me, you can't, you can't separate the two. And, and I would, I, th- I would think it would be a disservice to separate those two things. But I don't, but again, I agree that I don't think the film necessarily did do justice if they were going to bring and focus on that issue specifically so much or so little.
0: Yeah, well said, Kat. Um, for me, it was more about like I wasn't super put off by what they focus on because I did find her life fascinating, and it was such a good story, and the delivery worked. But that the formatting and like what they were doing, it was it did take some getting used to. It was like jumping into a cold swimming pool. You just there's something strange about like uh, kind of shocking about what you expected. Uh, you know, and Take some getting used to, but then once I was in it and kind of understood better what I was, what they were doing and what I was watching, I I really started to enjoy it. I also think you're right, Devin. The second half was, uh, I don't know, better structured or something than the first half, which is unusual in movies. Actually, now that I'm saying <laughs> that, um, yeah. So let's talk. Let's talk more about her activism since Kat uh, was bringing that up. Um, she and she's still you can't separate that, Like, like, that was always kind of part of who she was. She was always an activist and advocating for others, and starting with her sister, maybe, and herself, um, through her photography, like, instantly. Um, but then she's she has continued that on. She has this uh organization called PAIN, I think P A I N, um. And that was the that was her group that held them accountable. And it looked like they also were doing something where they like were trying to do something where like users could like test their stuff for fentanyl because that just like kills people instantly. Um, man, I just don't know where it's such a tough thing to do, but at least they're like trying. Do you think that that, that like through that stuff, they're actually going to help um, the crisis that's happening? Or is that just like, a little too much to ask that, that people doing something illegal can go safely test their drugs not that i don't think they should be able to but is that realistic and um do you think that raising awareness about the issue which i am out now more aware of uh is also helpful and worth the kind of price of the ticket
1: yeah so so like harm reduction is sort of the the name of the, this practice yeah it's it's sort of the idea that instead of fighting drug addiction with police and uh harder you know sort of sanctions um instead you provide safe places where people can use illegal drugs and test them and receive medical assistance if something does go wrong um and it's sort of about the focus uh shifting from uh you know trying to stop things at the source which is sort of this unrealistic goal of like you know, there's so many drugs entering the country that it's kind of impossible to stem the tide and instead making sure people don't die from the drugs. So it's like, you know, is it more important that we have, we save human lives or that we punish people who have done something that we've, you know, arbitrarily decide is evil? Uh, and yeah, I, I do, I personally agree with harm reduction uh, as a policy and I think that uh, seeing it in this film is, is was definitely nice and uh, again, was part of why I feel like the second act worked better for me uh than the first just because uh they start to focus on the real world uh things that are happening right now with uh drug addiction in america the
0: contemporary stuff yeah
1: exactly yeah so uh i did like that inclusion i think it it works i think it's something that uh sort of has to be more widespread to be realistic it's like these days it's it's still very uncommon even narcan has like a huge stigma attached to it even though it's like not a drug it's it's literally just a thing that saves people's lives and yet still people are like anti considered paraphernalia
0: (laughs) almost isn't it
1: yeah yeah and it's like a a lot of people you got it you're suspect yeah a lot of people have this sort of shocking sentiment that like drug users deserve to die and it's like wow an insane thing to think but so many americans just believe like oh yeah if you take until it happens to someone you love yeah exactly
0: but we can't convert everyone by victimization, though, I mean, unfortunately, and not unfortunately, but that's just not how the world works.
3: Yeah. And I also want to add, I mean, being someone who's not that this is only for younger people, but having a lot of friends who um, do like Molly or Coke, things like, okay, I don't have a lot of friends that do Molly and Coke, but I have friends that do. And this is an issue that has been brought up because of the fact that Fentanyl has been found in these kind of drugs. And so people who are thinking right. they're going to have a good time in partying are now dying. you not knowing that there's a, a super small amount of fentanyl in in some in another drug that they they didn't, you know. Yeah, that's they terrifying. They are doing drugs, but they're not doing that drug. They're not purposely doing that drug, right? And regardless- I was young once. Yeah. would <laughs> like, If
0: that was going on, forget it. Forget the yeah. fun time.
3: And so the harm reduction thing has been something that um, I'd have heard about because of the fact that, um, you know, young people I think are seeking out like, hey, I want to test these drugs before I take it because I don't want to die from fentanyl, you know, just so I can have some, you know, a party drug. Like it's regardless of you know, whoever's listening feels about party drugs, like it's no one should be dying from From having, you know, being young and dumb or
0: experimenting. Yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. Like it's it's definitely uh, a concern, I think, at least that I have heard from like peers. So.
0: Uh, Kat, then have you had so you'd heard about like the testing things. What uh, Devin, had you heard about this or Pepe? Have you heard about the testing before? And and if so. It, is it widespread. Is it more widespread than I realized? Because this is the first time I had heard it in the in the movie. I was like, "That's a good idea." So I'm just kind of curious if that's if that's a thing that anyone else had heard about or known, or maybe your friends have done this or something. I don't know.
3: I uh, they've talked about getting the testing kits, but it's not something I've
0: not accessible liked. as of yet.
3: Yeah, and I know that San Francisco, and I don't think it passed, but I know that they wanted mm-hmm. to um, create a like drug center. So basically where people can utilize drugs, but safely. Um, and But it, it received a lot of backlash. So I, I doubt that it did pass um, to, to deal with the drug issue that's currently happening in San Francisco um, as well. So it's definitely something that's been talked about, but mm-hmm. a lot of people don't want to support don't want ta- their taxes to go towards like letting people shoot up. That's kind of this, the that mentality.
0: Yeah, yeah. God. Like, Legislatively. Yikes.
3: Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like there have been other like countries like Portugal that had a drug issue and they were like, we're going to make drugs um, legal. Like it's completely, we're not going to criminalize it at all. And they saw rates of, Drug use go down because it was regulated because there was safe safety uh, uh, methods in place uh, because a lot of also the thing about any sort of drug overdose is, is someone t- accidentally taking too much and our taxes already go towards drug overdoses because anytime someone is any anytime we have to get an ambulance to help someone who's passed out in the street from an overdose we're paying for that so yeah. I don't know. You know, we can go into that conversation, but like it gets a lot more political. So (laughs) these are all
0: points uh, that I've heard about homelessness as well, where it's just cost more to have these certain people are. Okay. So I just read uh, another Malcolm Gladwell book, uh, what the dog saw and they did a, he uh, the chapter about homelessness echoes what you're saying, parallels it perfectly. It's like this, most people that experience homelessness, it's short term something happened and there's a correction. But there's like this minority of homeless people that are like chronically homeless. And these individual people who just can't function, however, for whatever reason, um, you know, whether it be addiction or mental health issues or, or what have you, uh, they end up costing so much money and being such a burden on our uh, public resources That it would just be cheaper to house all the homeless people, and just give them a place to stay. That's the the estimate, anyway. So it's kind of like a similar deal, where it just makes dollars and cents too. But legislatively, it's tough. And it's nice that Portugal has like come up with something. At least there's like an example. That that I don't. I I wonder how that would be rolled out. Our country is like structurally so. We have the federal government, but like the states are so different. And it's like, I wonder how that would be, how you would even like roll that out at such a scale as a place like America, even though it's like desperately needed. Like, what kind of level of suffering do we have to reach before we actually like try something like different than what we've been doing the last my whole life, basically? Such a crazy issue.
3: would say that we've seen it with weed and we're now seeing it with shrooms where the first steps is decriminalization so Mm -hmm. for example like oakland has decriminalized shrooms um so as a city you cannot be legally persecuted on the city or state level for having shrooms it's not the same as legalizing shrooms but it is a step towards that um oregon has talked about the same thing if not if not Already, they have passed a law, I think, in the state of Oregon to decriminalize rooms. So there are definitely well, there's like, a path steps. there. Yeah, like there are steps that we could take, and I and I personally think that like criminalizing anyone for using drugs is not going to help. Like it does not help to sit like. Oh, no, I agree. That so yeah, that no. should be like an easy no brainer. But granted, it's our country, so.
0: Well. Yeah, there's a lot to say about that. A lot of people make their living off of the war on drugs. So that's a really tough thing to wade wade into legislatively and politically, too. Um,
3: yeah, I do think that with this specific issue, though, like drug dealers don't want their clients dead. That literally stops money for yeah. them. But like on a bigger level, I don't know who's, who's profiting off of this. I mean, besides pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical industries, obviously. So
0: lots of law enforcement profit off, off of it. And people make their living, like busting people for doing drugs. uh, So like a lot of resources go towards that would be, would be one of the things, um, Uh, But I don't know. I don't know enough about how all those mechanizations work together to spit out like a positive legislative approach. I think what you're saying, starting from the ground up and like starting with cities that are bold enough to experiment, try some of the stuff out at a more local level. And then if there's more and more success with it, then I think it could kind of catch fire. What HBO should do is make a sequel to The Wire. It seems more topical now than ever. Because, I, you know, selfishly, I just want to watch the more, more of The Wire. But I think that, honestly, it, it would play. Like, they, we're due for a sequel there, HBO. Come on. You, you need your content. Oh, no, it's Max now. Excuse me. Pardon me. Yeah. It's Max. <laughs> All right. So um, let's take a little break from the deep topic and do a fun thing. Um, this is a little bit of playfulness uh so real life superheroes if you could compare nan golden if the gear is turning to a superhero or this kind of whole story to a comic book what parallel uh what would it be and why now, i'll just kick it off i since i wrote the question i had a little bit more time to think about it i would go with marvel's cloak and dagger because it, it there's like instant parallels there with the drug use and and uh, Pepe's laughing. At his so what, do you have something instantly to say about that? Is that dumb, Pepe? No,
3: <laughs> Cloak no. It's just like, oh, I,
0: okay. I've
2: never heard of Cloak and Dagger, so I don't, it's like oh, such a deep Oh, path. okay.
0: It was a TV show, though. They had a TV show. Yeah, yeah. I know. It was one of those things. Uh, yeah, Cloak and Dagger was a, was was definitely a B or C role <laughs> Marvel <superhero. laughs> So, look them up and write to me if you think I'm wrong. But it was about, it did take on like drug use, usage, and, um, and I really thought that, and activism as well. And so, uh, for me, it was like, and I happened to actually collect and read Cloak and Dagger back in the day, back in the 90s. Um, anybody else have one where they have a good idea about what superhero or, or, or parallel this would be?
2: Well, I mean the the um, the '90s like X Men cartoon. Does, yes, does I was going to say of, the X Men like, dealt a lot of this yeah. stuff. Yeah, has to be the X Men.
0: Surprised everyone yeah, didn't shout X Men on.
2: Yeah, X Men. It's always X Men. It's always X Men. Yeah, because yeah. they're yeah. Cause they're mutants.
1: I mean, even I'm uh, changing my
2: answer. X Men.
1: <laughs> no, not allowed. Even uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, if anyone watched that, sort of dealt with Mm -hmm. this idea Mm -hmm. of um, the the super soldiers who they experimented on and then removed the serum from them and sort of uh, left them oftentimes crippled or dead because they uh, forcibly removed this power they gave them. So I kind of wanted to deal with that in, in a way.
0: I'm with you on that. And I'm looking forward to some more Captain America stories. Um, yeah, I thought that was—I actually liked that show. That was a good one. Um, but Pepe and Cat, any ideas or pass?
2: Yeah, X Men.
0: Oh, that's right. You—you you came up with the winning idea. Okay. Yeah. So, Cat, we're—we're looking yeah, at you. Right. Any? Any? I was right. Remember? That's right. I—I um, I stole it. So I wanted to like play it off like. <laughs> no.
3: Um, well, since I'm not a comic book nerd, like you guys... One of us. One have, of us. <laughs> I don't have that many, like, superheroes that I know off the top of my head. Um, so, like, the, the most basic, like, obvious one for me would be, like, Superwoman because she's, like, a feminist and she's about women's issues. Like, you know, like, it's... it's I don't know. Like, that's the only one I could think And
0: of. the guggenheim is a lot like the hall of justice in in, in how it looks from the <laughs> yeah. exterior so that's
2: true for the justice
0: league yeah yeah, yeah
2: exactly. of thing? so yep. well so J-L-A. since we're talking about since we're talking about a somewhat wider topic um mm-hmm. i wanted to ask so like i don't know why i always i i don't know why i why am i afraid me? right now <laughs> i don't know why i think this but whenever i and and i don't my my like mine doesn't sort of doesn't agree with this, but like anytime I see the kinds of like protests that the people in this movie do, mm-hmm. I'm always just like, Oh God, get these people out of here. Get, like, do you, like, do you guys have the, si- similar or i did. That's why I was,
0: no, you're, you're absolutely right. And I was like, it was almost like that the guy that she went to with the idea of the like the journalist or whatever. I, I can't remember who he was but he was like kind of just like yeah sure sure nan like you you do that like that that's kind of where i was like so they did like read that correctly if the filmmakers structured like if if they knew that's kind of where the audience would be and knew they had to draw us in that guy was my advocate at that moment cuz i felt the same way like oh like kind of eye rolling about it you know but you know they did deliver on the on the effects but it was only because of who she was right you know uh, if it was just you or I going in there and doing that, it wouldn't do anything. It would be feel like kind of a waste of time. Is that where you're coming from?
2: Um. Well. N- well, no that that wasn't what I was thinking. Like, so for example, like, um, like when I when she was like, we got to do a die in, and I was like, ah, oh, Jesus, yeah, okay. Or and like I was like I How was that in, not I my lived... sentiment. I felt the same way. It was like I well, think no, this just. <laughs> But what I I guess what I mean is that like I don't think that it was effective only because she was part of it. Like I think things like that you can took be her effective. out of it. Sure. Okay. Well, Granted. That's what I mean. But is that like I yeah, think yeah. people those results
0: only happened that level of results only happened because of her though. She was like the linchpin. I think.
2: Well, okay. May, maybe I don't know. You maybe you're right. But I, I guess what I'm trying to express is that like. On the one hand, I think people should do those kinds of things. And I think that they can work. And I think that they're good. But on the other hand, I also think that they're dumb. For some, I don't like, they just seem so, dumb.
3: I agree. Like, because as soon as they like lie down, like they go, like, play dead. I'm just like, yeah, funny to me. Like There's,
2: There was one woman who had a pillow too. And I was like, you're fucking, you're not allowed to have a pillow. Come on. You're <laughs> supposed to be lying on the floor dead. Come into the bit. Yeah, I, come to like, the bit. I liked when
0: they threw the prescriptions and the visual that it made. I thought that, that was, was particularly very, cool, but yeah, the laying down stuff. Yes. Um, I, we just need to, America's so big. It's hard to like, like, even if like someone's like raging in one area, like it's just so big, it's like hard to see any kind of effect, but it's like, it, I always got to like, think about France. Like I, I dig how those guys protest over there. They're just <laughs> like, it's just like, no, we're just going to like, really like, we're going to, tear this country apart until you give us what we want like that's that seems more effective than laying down and playing dead to me
3: i just like the image of mlk like doing this with a bunch of like the marches which is like we're gonna play dead seems one insensitive to probably the issues that he was addressing but also like it does seem there there's a level to it where it's kind of like can you can you find a melodrama or something? Yeah. It seems a little theatrical. I think that's what it is.
0: Yeah. Theatrical. Exactly. And
3: not, not, it doesn't seem as, as sincere. I think because of that.
0: Just yeah. give me the people expressing what happened to them and let me feel their pain. And I, and you'll have my rapt attention, I think more so than the theatrics, but, um, yeah, maybe whatever works. I I don't know. I don't. I also don't want to tell people not to do it, like that. They was saying that it's important to get attention, however you can. But I think that the way MLK's movement was more effective is in that how they were persecuted and like they started getting like journalists covering it, and then all of a sudden people saw what was happening, you know, to these kids, and um went from moderate to, you know, on, on board with stopping that shit. Um, so um, d- it's not like some museum guards going to like rough up Nan Golden or something though. So you got to do something. I'm not sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, like on some level I would, I would rather like, to me, what I would, I, what I would hope to see is like people I don't know. Just like standing outside with signs, and like I like I remember I remember recently like our our mutual friend James Feigen, he like he, mm-hmm. um, they, um, were um, doing a walkout of their te- because of their, they wanted they were teachers they wanted to raise and so they were protesting yeah there. yeah and like basically he was basically he he sort of told me that like none of them wanted to be doing it and it was shitty right um but they they like were they like they like felt like they had a duty or like they they were doing it for a reason but they didn't want to be doing it and yeah i don't know i something about that like rings truer to me right when you're like i don't want to be doing this but it has to be done so i'm going to do it i see what you're saying yeah
3: you know things are messed up if introverts are outside like, <laughs> right, <hiding>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Being> <laughs> exactly Extroverted, like yeah
2: yeah like those those people seemed like so glad that they had like made their little like pill bottles with their with their like warning label on it or whatever and they they were like i don't know the, they seem so self-satisfied or or something like that. I, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it rang hollow to me a little bit.
3: I think what you're kind of touching on is also like Devin's criticism of the film of being kind of like centering on an individual too much on this kind of issue. And I think it's kind of that, again, like that feeling of um, putting the focus in the wrong place, maybe. I don't know, Pepe, if that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, I mean
2: well, I mean in a certain like I like I don't know what's going on in those people's heads, right? They they probably are there because they think they're doing something good and that's I mean they are, right? They're they're probably there because they probably have like altruistic intentions, right? But they're probably also there because they're like, "Ooh, I get to I'm going to be I'm on the right side of history," you know, like, "Ooh, it's going to be me doing it." You know, um, sure, that probably plays some part. I don't and, know how, we'll, well. yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, it just you can't it criticize seems, him too much, weird. but yeah,
0: yes, people have egos about that t- type of yeah, stuff, yeah. too. I also don't want to send them home if it's if they are on the right, right side of right. history. Um,
1: yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I take
0: of them your doing point it because I'm not gonna do it right <laughs> <laughs> <If> not, <laughs> you
2: haven't, yeah. <laughs> It's easy to armchair quarterback these things, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what I mean. Like, I I have this sort of, like, I have this tension within me. Because, like I said, I see, like, I'm glad they're doing it. I'm glad that there are people there doing it. Because I'm going to do it. And I think it's a good thing to be doing. But there's something about the way they go about doing it that, like, rubs me the wrong way. And I don't quite know what it is.
0: I'm sitting here thinking, like, well, it's those things you mentioned, I think. The, that's part of it um part of it is look at me maybe but um similarly like the visual does play and it's it's a quick visual that reads and even if it's silly and maybe theatrical it's something that will easily post to a, not a newspaper but like online like a, a snapshot you know it will get your attention along with the headline and then maybe like you know on a little you give it you're doing something for the for the local tv journalists to record and or maybe cnn yeah. do or some other national international journalism you know to give them a little visual to help them out a little bit right you yeah. know even if they're trying to lean into and help um so yeah but i i i feel that too like i would i i'm not a really a even though the show's called I'll look at yours if you look at mine I'm not like a look at me type of person either so I would I would have those feelings yeah like I would kind of feel silly doing it but uh for the right message I'd probably again be like yeah I'll I'll do it because uh it needs doing." right so yeah, this film I, played I, I... oh go ahead
2: Pepe no, no I, was, I, was all... also gonna... I was also just gonna say like if I was at the museum at a museum and like they did that I'd just be like Why'd you have to do this on like the one day I'm going to be at this? My Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I just Just wanted wanted to see see my Picasso or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But anyway.
3: Yep. I hear you. I thought you were going to ask Devin about how he felt about the nudity in this film.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Devin, how'd you feel about the (laughs) nudity in this film?
1: Uh, It was fine. It was her art.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, that was it? No notes. No notes.
2: No, no. No, no, no notes. you know I, we i don't know we've been talking so much well i guess we sort of touched on it but like her photography i'd never seen it before it was incredible mm-hmm. that yeah. was very very good never seen it before it was like shockingly good
0: why do you think this resonated so much with critics and uh, well with critics and then like the critical score was through the roof uh, and then like a little bit less so with the audiences uh, and also, Devin, did you ever look up what this or Pepe, did anyone ever look up what this lost to at the Academy Awards? I'd be interested to know that. Yeah. While we Cat did. Oh, did. Great. Well done.
3: It lost it lost to Navalny. I think I'm saying it right. It's Russian. Um, it was the best documentary feature. Now are you asking for best picture overall or
0: No, just, just what it lost to in the category.
3: Yeah. yeah. So it was Navalny, which was to do with a russian candidate that was trying to um go against uh, oh is that
0: the guy that was poisoned uh, yeah 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 i i think i saw that too oh interesting huh uh, okay kat i know you have to bow out you have a heart out tonight so um why don't we just get your final thoughts and your final grade and we'll say good night
3: yeah so um my final so my my grade um i that i originally had was an a but um mm-hmm. after we've discussed it more so um i think i'm leaning more towards towards like a b plus um i do think that there are um issues with the film that devin presented that definitely has swayed my mind or just made me think about it more mm-hmm. and See that it was there, there. were some holes to it. Um, certain things. Devin I for the
0: prosecution.
3: Yeah, it could have yeah, been done differently. Yeah, it could have been done differently, or they could have done more of. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I definitely I, I enjoyed this film. Obviously, I, I am biased because it had to do with photography and activism. Those are both things that I'm very, um, interested in, and um, I do think it, it was as a feature, it was done, you know, creatively well and artistic. I love seeing all the photographs um, and to kind of go back to what Pepe was saying about just how great they were. Like it was a style of photography. I haven't really seen. And so it was very unique too. Um, and very much. Yeah, it was her, rad. yeah. Very much her own style. So like, yeah, I think with all that um, I thought it was a very solid great film i think that it was shot and edited well i thought it had really great audio and soundtrack as well um when you're watching the slideshows and any of the photography um but yeah like i said uh there were certain things that it could have done better and i think in regards to focusing on the opioid crisis and the victims it definitely could have gone into that deeper and given it more um time to to go into so uh yeah, great yep. as a B plus. <laughs> I'm Catherine Ramirez. It's been real. Catch me on Instagram at cat Ramirez with two Z's. See y'all next time. Good night, you guys. See ya. Right.
2: Good night, Cat. So I was gonna ask, um, what do you think the movie wanted us to think of Nan's like, her like the like her early life, right? Okay. And so like the I, so like the idea. Um, So like, for example, I've heard a lot of comedians um, like Conan O'Brien and some other comedians talk about how like, um, like they were for a lot, for a long time in their lives, they were unhappy or depressed or something like that. And one of the reasons that they, um, you know, like might have drugged their feet about resolving those issues was because they were scared that they wouldn't be funny anymore if they weren't unhappy. Right. And Mm -hmm. a lot of comedians, especially, I think Conan talks about this a lot where he like had to escape this idea, right. About the sort of like unhappy comedian. Right. And we have this Mm -hmm. sort of idea of a like starving artist. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, like you, like, Previously, Ben, you had asked like, um, what we thought about or how like the biographical parts of the movie affected us, and I like it made me sad. Like she seemed to have like a pretty sad life considering all all the things that she went through, and so I was wondering like, does the movie want us to feel that way? Like, is this being presented as a sad life, or is this being presented as like? an artist's life because I think if you asked her like if you asked Nan like Mm -hmm. would you produce the art you produced if you didn't have the life you had and she would probably say no right I mean that maybe she would I'm guessing but uh, that would be my guess that she would say no maybe you know the like the life that I had affects affected the art that I make I think a lot of people would say that yeah and so I'm wondering like what we think what we might say about that like is 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 like is the life of a is is having is having a life like hers sort of like worth the art that it produces or some something like that or mm-hmm. uh, like that that yeah. may be a, that may be a second question you know like so i, I guess i'm asking like what did so you, what like? would be the how, first how question think, then so the first question i guess would be is like how did you How did you feel about seeing her life? Were you like, and how do you think the movie was like presenting it to us?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think this sort of relates back to um, the, as we were talking about the sort of parallels they draw between her life and her suffering and the suffering of of people who experienced the opioid crisis firsthand. Um, I think definitely they want us, they want to show us that she has suffered um, I don't know necessarily if if they're going for the angle of like her suffering sort of created her art. It almost seems like uh, her passion for photography is is almost like the over overwhelming force of her personality. It's like she she was a photographer first and then like all this other stuff uh, kind of happens on top of that or, or sort of behind that, um, which I think is interesting. I think I think honestly, if anything, this documentary tries not to to make the point that, that good, art, good art only comes from suffering. They're trying to avoid that um, very common angle, uh, almost. But, uh, yeah, I, I still find that sort of parallel they draw um, between opioid victims and her life to be a little off, as, as stated many times already. I won't reiterate that. But, uh, yeah, overall, yeah, I think, I think they do a good job of not making this point of like only, uh, only suffering creates beautiful art, you
0: know? Yeah. There. Yeah. I agree with both sentiments. And it was, I also feel like it was kind of a little bit of a reach to try to like shoehorn the parallel, like make them seem more parallel than maybe they needed to be. If only just for like the style and the edit, but I'll, I'll also address that more in the final grade. So go ahead, Pepe. Sorry.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say like, I, Another way I was thinking about this was, in the, like, <clears throat> with the idea of like, there's no such there's like it's impossible to make an anti-war movie like that sort of sort of idea right? You always sort of end up, in, uh, in except for maybe some very rare circumstances, you always sort of end up, um, glorifying it in some way. That's right. Um, and and.
1: The yeah, nature was, of
0: cinema you you glorify yeah. everything you put the lens on in a, in a way, you know
2: yeah, and so like um, yeah, so that was the sort of that was the question is like are we telling people that if they want to be successful artists like like her, this is what you have to go through? you know
0: I think it's fair to say that some people might walk away with that message,
1: yeah, not not only. Not only that, but I feel the other sort of damaging thing about that messaging, um, which, again, like, like Mm -hmm. does occur a lot in media, you do see a lot, um, is that it sort of leaves people who are trying to find meaning out of their suffering and trying to create something beautiful who feel that they fail in that endeavor. Either they literally don't find success in their artwork or their internal mental illness depression tells them that their art is not good enough to be uh, uh, widespread and, and famous, it makes those people feel like failures even more than they already do, because it's like, now they're suffering and they can't create beautiful art out of it. And they feel like they have to, because society has told them that's what you're supposed to do is create art out of your suffering.
0: I'll yeah. say something a little bit controversial too, that I that I think, and feel free to argue me out of it, do a different mindset if, I, if this is completely flawed. But I'm sitting here thinking, and my reaction is like, wh- the reality also may be and this is going to sound probably terrible that some of these people who then go on like what you're saying with conan um and do it in the healthy way don't produce as good as art of art sometimes and i but i think that you also have to accept that as maybe a consequence of living a healthier life yourself not everything's about shouldn't I don't think that people who obsess about their art to the point, the exclusion of everything else are doing it right either. And I'm using scare quotes there because there's no like, you know, objective right or wrong there, but you shouldn't just be, your art would probably be more interesting if you have more interest than just whatever that one medium is, you know, uh, um, it's, you know, that myopic viewpoint doesn't tend to lead to the most interesting art. So you can be even better. You know, go outside and get a breath of fresh air, kid.
1: No, I agree. And, and to use to use the, the um, modern nomenclature, touch grass is basically the advice <laughs> that Ben just gave you, touch grass.
0: Ah, oh, that's nice. I like that. To be in the parlance with our times. Apparently, I predicted this. Our chat on this cinematic masterpiece developed more layers than a Nan Golden photograph. So, as we bring our discussion into focus... It's time we take a quick break. I get it. everything has to be photography. I think. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. Good evening, friends. Are you tired of the same old, same old hanging on your walls? Looking for a dash of the raw, real, and revolutionary? Say hello to Golden's Grit Gallery, G3. <laughs> inspired by the hard-hitting documentary all the beauty and the bloodshed we bring you a selection of avant-garde activist art that mirrors the spirit of nan golden herself first off we'll introduce the opioid ovation a stark series of black and white (laughs) photographs that capture the raw emotion and harsh reality of the opioid crisis not featured enough in the movie actually but featured here in this product Each picture is as powerful as a punch to the gut, making you feel and think. And for those seeking a pop of color, we present Sackler's Scourge, a vibrant set of graffiti art (laughs) protesting the pharma giants. The bold strokes and vivid colors scream defiance and demand accountability. Not a fan of the dark? Fear not. Explore our pain palette. That's (laughs) P-A-I-N palette. A softer abstract collection that subtly captures the struggle of addiction and the fight for justice. It's art with a heart, folks. Each piece each in piece G3 is carefully curated to provoke thought and inspire action. Because just like Nan Golden, we believe art should be more than just pretty pictures. Remember friends, Golden's Grit Gallery isn't just about buying art. It's about supporting artists who, like Golden, use their craft to shine a light on important issues. So let's raise our paintbrushes to raw realism, to provocative protest, to art that fights back. Side effects may include a sudden urge to grab a camera and document the world around you. A newfound appreciation for the power of art as activism. A commitment to stand up for what you believe in. An unexpected desire to start an impromptu protest in front of a museum. A deep feeling of respect and admiration for those who use their art to speak truth to power. Golden's Grit Gallery G3 where art is more than just aesthetics. It's a call to action. Are you ready to answer? We now return you
2: to your regularly scheduled program. Yeah. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah, I wish it was real. (laughs) I I can only imagine like some uh, soccer mom, like buying some of her art and just like putting it up next to her, like live, laugh, love sign, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Live, live, love, laugh, adjacent, <laughs> yeah, right
0: yeah, provide the stark contrast, yeah, exactly., <laughs> um, okay, so I think that probably gave you guys enough time to fill out your graded lower third, and we'll talk about uh, what we graded this movie in the segment that is called Final Grades. Oh, I dream- Okay. Now that we've developed our thoughts, let's see how this film grades <laughs> on our exposure scale. Yeah, they just keep coming. <laughs> so what I wanted to say, it was funny because I was right along with what cat was saying. I was in the A range. And um, Devin, I thought you had some astute observations that I could not deny, sir. And so I think that. Uh, even though it was effective overall and very good, that I think that it could have even been better had they um, focused, uh, there was a little bit more give and take where they you know, took a little bit more from the bio and gave a little bit more to the focusing on the victims and the opioid crisis. Um, or I think maybe its best form might have taken place uh, as a miniseries. I think that an entire, because it was so fascinating, her life story, I think an entire episode could have been dedicated, you know, even a movie length, just to who she was um, and just kind of teased more about what the what they ended up doing with the in, very interesting uh, effects they got from their protests and also just about a general documentary episode about an opioid crisis. So I'm thinking like a, a three-episode miniseries, I think, would have been the perfect form. For this to take, where it would have been a you know phenomenal A plus 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 range for me, so I ended up giving this a B plus like Kat. I thought it was kind of interesting that we landed in the same uh, boat there grade wise. Uh, I had written B plus, and then she said that I was like, yeah, same thing. Went from an A to a B plus. Okay, so that's two B pluses. Devin, what did you end up grading? All the beauty in the bloodshed.
1: Uh, well, I feel bad. I feel like the fans of this movie are going to come for me because I, I dragged all the grades down for you guys. <laughs> um, <but>, uh, <laughs> You're
0: going to start being followed by some mysterious cameraman in the corner. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel uh, the same way about this movie that I did about Parasite in that mm-hmm. I recognize it as a very beautifully made movie, but I don't necessarily think I agree with the message that it's, it's portraying. And uh, in Parasite, I think you all sort of convinced me that you know maybe there is another message being told and i just didn't receive the same message that the film intended in this case mm-hmm. i think i i fully understood what the film was putting forth and still sort of disagree with the way they went about doing it so um that yeah. movie I, I said a minus to parasite this movie i think also b plus for me and it's the most in agreement we've ever been oh so it's three b pluses interesting um
0: I wonder if we've ever had another instance where we've all, I don't know what Pepe's going to grade it, but I wonder if we've ever had an instance where we all graded the, the same grade that wasn't an A, because we've only had that yeah. happen once. Um, I'm not sure. Anyway, I—I as you were like kind of like raising these questions during our discussion, I'll be brief, I promise. Hang in there. Um, I rem, I, it triggered memories of me watching the movie and having that same kind of feeling or revelation or something similar. So thats it just rang true. What can I say? So it affected the grade a little bit, um yeah, mini series bring it on so uh James Pepe, oh, I put up your lower third when you i maybe you're already oh, yeah. working on it uh James Pepe, you get our final grade, so so far, we're at three b pluses Where did you land with all the beauty and bloodshed?
2: yeah uh B plus for me as well whoa um, the, uh so like the t- to me, like the biggest issue that i had with this movie um is or was i think just that like um i didn't know who nan golden was and mm-hmm. while she did have a she did have a storied life um it just i don't know it wasn't it didn't like grab me you know like it, it's i don't know <laughs> um and then and it didn't sort of lean enough into the the opioid angle of things to sort of really get get the like the uh, you know to get your blood flow and to like really get upset about what's going on with the opioid crisis you know and sort mm-hmm. of and to like grab you in that way um but it certainly wasn't a poorly made movie or you know documented by any stretch of the imagination so um yeah just so sort of like yeah, I guess my biggest critique of it, aside from what we've been talking about, is just that like it wasn't that interesting, you know, like just kind of wasn't that interesting.
0: But was it that her life story doesn't didn't resonate with you, the kind of bohemian artist minority, you know, growing up in that in those times uh, that just didn't resonate with you, or her story specifically wasn't interesting?
2: Um. Well. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, in a certain sense, like, her life is unique in the sense that, like, it is not any kind of life that I have ever led, right? But mm-hmm. I think a lot of people lived a life like hers. And so, in a certain sense, wasn't wasn't unique. Um, like, all of those people that she was talking about were doing mm-hmm. sort of some doing and going to the... And participating in sort of the same things that she was, what what stands what sets her apart from those other people is that she takes these incredible photographs, right? Um, And you get to see a little bit of those of her photography and art in the movie, but not a whole whole lot. It's not the focus of the movie because the focus of the movie seems to be split between these two things, which is like giving a sort of biography of her. And then also sort of talking about her activism, I uh, get, that's involved with the opioid crisis. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's, I guess that's what I would say. Okay, well said. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you. I appreciate uh, the effort you uh, you put into thinking about this. It's been a very A conversation for me, uh, as as usual. So I'll leave it at that. And we'll move on. Oh, we won't move on. What's our overall GPA? <laughs> yeah. And please hurt Pepe's feelings.
1: <laughs> oh. uh, this might come as a shock to you all. I hope you're all sitting down. Oh, wow. Yeah. But four B pluses average out to a B plus 3.3 Whoa! <laughs> on the nose. Yeah. Um, which makes it better than oh, no. the no. pursuit of happiness. That was from a movie. Well, okay. Akira, uh, from you know, the audience. Uh... <laughs> that wasn't even your movie. <laughs> I know but it's just so good. Uh, Wake and fright.
2: Oh god damn it! <laughs> Doctor Strange. It's, fa- it's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs>
1: it's not fair. Uh,
2: None of these movies are. Uh, training movie's Day is not better than anything. it's just—it's not fair.
1: Uh, training Day, Enemy. <laughs> Trading Day, Enemy, Lighthouse, and Ten Cloverfield Lane. Throw in one of mine. Higher or lower than this? Uh, higher than all of this. Higher than Lighthouse. Oh, and, no. So, was there uh, anyone else enemy? that got a perfect B average where we didn't all give it the same grade? Uh, nobody else got a yeah. No one else has ever gotten a three point three on the nose. Uh, so yeah, this must be the first time we've ever all agreed. The closest ever was actually I didn't even mention this one. German uh, Capote's a Christmas memory. It was a three point three two i don't know what was 0. Oh. 0. 0.02 off so it must, must have been, been a, some other mix of must have been an a minus in there somewhere yeah something like that um yeah and then also some slightly better movies uh black swan came in at 3.4 uh blair witch project 3.48 and uh oh sorry enemy <laughs> lighthouse <laughs> enemy and Lane were all better than oh, okay. this by well, 0.1 well, two, two <laughs> of those are right one's one's not <laughs>
0: I love it. You're, I love how much focus you give to that. that yeah, I really, you guys realize that the further we go along with the show, the longer this segment's going to become right. Until the yep. point where, it's where just, we just, it's, it's just, we never end the show because
2: it's <laughs> just me being brutalized by these. Like, That's right. That's what the show's going to become.
1: Yeah. Uh, Annihilation. Also 3.4, which might 4, play. Then. I don't know. There might be an audience. All yeah, yeah, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Devin. We'll we'll bring right. it up a notch. It's time to move yeah. on to another segment called "Roll the Dice," and basically, uh, where we roll for the next episode. And
1: it's time. Hell
0: yeah! That's right. Get high. Fucking it's roll a dice. That's right. It's time to Kodak Kodachrome film oh, man roll for the next episode. Uh, wow. did you follow that, that a, kodak photochrome film
2: roll it was <laughs> yeah, a long walk that's... for a short drink of water too
0: say. much context like the movie <laughs> <laughs> let's focus on what we're doing we're rolling the dice this is where we let the dice decide our fate as to what we're watching for next show
1: whose role is
0: it is it my role
1: uh, is it I am. I am prepared to roll uh, until uh, and then cover it until the last episode.
0: All right, let's do it. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, so there should be. This is the two-sided. Yeah, uh, coin. One. It's going to be one of two. So, uh, without further ado, if you're ready to roll, I got a drum roll for you. Let's find out what we're watching.
1: It's a one. Whoa.
0: Lucky number one. We're watching another movie that came out in 2022, a film called All That Breathes, also streaming on Max, formerly HBO Max. Oh. So
2: was join us. The, that was one of the other nominees for best uh, documentary, along with this one. Hmm.
0: And they both lost to uh, the the one about Navalny. the Russian candidate, right? Yeah. Volny. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Well, let's find out. I'm free to say, let's find out what it's all about and see how it, it squares up and join us for a next show. Again, that's called all the Breaths, came out in 2022 on HBO max and was also apparently nominated for the best documentary feature film Academy award. So join us for that. Let's move on and take care of a little show business.
2: How much do you know about show business,
3: Mr. Valiant? Only
0: there's no business like it. No business I know. <laughs> I always <laughs> just want to watch that movie, and then I always forget oh, you. Man. Okay. Show business. We're going to start with some retractions. Sometimes mistakes are made, and uh, the legal department contacts my producer who contacts me and lets me know <laughs> oh, that we, we have to, to retract something. Oh, yeah. There's a whole floor. <laughs> I forgot. In the Redhead have... Media <laughs> b- building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, in the Redhead Media District. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: in the Redhead Media Compound. That's right. So, <laughs> a retraction, <laughs>
0: folks. We'll we'll get through this real quick. Well, my arm is being twisted. We'll admit it. In our last episode, we may have suggested that Won't You Be My Neighbor had more plot twists than a pretzel factory. So many plot twists in that. Given <laughs> our recent viewing of all the beauty and the bloodshed, we'd like to retract that statement because clearly... We hadn't grasped the true meaning of twisted. There was so many things happening in this one. Um, so we'll retract that for now. And here's another email from the legal department forwarded to me from the producer. Would they like us to clarify something? Uh, no, Mr. Rogers did not secretly moonlight as a professional wrestler. Um, oh, That really? may have been said. Yeah. So we regret any confusion our previous commentary may have caused about this icon of children's television. Yeah, seems like we should get our fact checker department on that. I know. I feel like he was, um, and a drill sergeant. Okay. So last but not least, con- I think that was Bob Ross, actually. Uh, last <laughs> yeah. but not least, contrary, that one is true. Contrary to what was jokingly suggested, it was a joke. Come on. In our previous episode. Uh, the neighborhood of make-believe is not eligible to be recognized as an independent nation by the United Nations. Uh, so we apologize to anyone who already started drafting a constitution. You've wasted your efforts there. Uh, we sincerely apologize and ask that you bear with us as we strive to be better. Fanny Mills, you can write to Ben at Redhead Media and we may respond on the show. Let us know how we're doing. Did we get something wrong, like in the retractions? Uh, Did you arrive at the same conclusions as our very own James Pepe and therefore discover objective (laughs) truth? Okay, so what segment of the show is your favorite? And most importantly, where are you listening from? Write to us and we may choose your email to read and respond to on the show. Speaking of which, we got another email from Estonia this week. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, we're really big there. It's November. Oh, um, I'm OK. So I'm just going to jump into this with my worst Estonian accent. how <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'll do. I plot through it. So find the email subject. Needed cardigans and the land of crack belief. Oh, OK. So the accent is enough. Oh, Nitin this is the subject. Needed cardigans and the land of cracked belief. <laughs> Dear lookers, greetings from the misty shores of Lake Papayas, Estonia. I am your dedicated listener, Ethelbert, the Puppet Master Poder, uh, writing to you from my humble puppet theater, where I keep your <laughs> podcast on loop. Oh, that's sweet. I wow. thoroughly enjoyed your deep dive into Won't You Be My Neighbor. And unadulterated <laughs> joy I felt when you dissected Mr. Roger's signature cardigan selection. It was palpable, or should I say knittable. <laughs> it inspired me to broaden my own Carnegie collection, and now I'm the proud owner of a forest green wool number that my friends say make me look like a well-read pine tree. So,
1: <laughs> I must say,
0: the discussion on the art of puppetry really resonated with me. As a puppeteer myself, I've always admired Mr. Rogers for his ability to create <laughs> such memorable characters. However, after your episode, I'm considering a new puppet, Lady Elaine Fairchild, in honor of the indomitable original, However, I'll be giving her a Stonian twist. She'll be Lady Elaine <laughs> border child. She will be a sassy accordion playing moose who loves pickled <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Mr. Rogers would approve. Oh, okay, shit. finally, this goes on for 12 minutes. <laughs> finally, <sighs> your playful debate about whether the neighborhood of make-believe is actually an allegorical representation of Mr. Rogers' mind or simply a whimsical world for children and me chuckling over my morning coffee. That's coffee for the uninitiated. (laughs) I've decided to construct my own version of the neighborhood trolley to transport my puppets around the theater. I'm calling it the neighborhood Cab in honor of my Estonian (laughs) roots. (laughs) Keep up fantastic work, lookers. Your podcast brings slice of cinematic delight to my little corner of Estonia. Can't wait for (laughs) next episode. A turvi turvisex, which means to your health. Ethelbert, the puppet master powder, puppeteer, and cardigan enthusiast, Estonia.
2: Oh jeez. That was excellent. I did
0: it. Okay. I can see Devin think... loved every minute of that. It was a thing. Oh jeez. Yeah. Well Pepe sure enjoyed it.
2: Do you think do you think he turns his do you think he turns his puppets into crats and then he like does his does a show with the Krat puppets? Probably politically, he's definitely oh, a crat.
0: <laughs> not a rip, rip rekrat again. <laughs> okay, that was a bit of a stretch. Yeah. But
2: okay.
0: yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right, Devin. I'm gonna cut your break <laughs> and wrap things up. Um, <laughs> this is about where we end the show, or we should. However, typically, yeah. Typically, nothing happens here, but sometimes, nope. every so often, an interruption happens.
3: What? Just one more
0: thing. Wow! Oh, my goodness. It's happening again. I've actually watched Columbo a few times this week, and it was good. I love Columbo. Uh, So, just one more thing. Lieutenant Columbo's here. He says, uh, just one more thing. Uh, This is the segment of the show where each co-host shares a little something from outside of the show. So I'll keep this brief. I'm going to do another like uh, watch, play, read type of deal. Um, and so reading, I finished. And I've been on a Malcolm Gladwell Malcolm Gladwell tear, apparently. Um, I finished What the Dog Saw, uh, found it fascinating, and uh, moved on to another one of his. I think it's his latest work. It might be. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it's called I Hate the Ivy League. And its uh, I was like, why? I want to know. It's a compelling critique of the educational system and its role in perpetuating inequality. And um, yeah, as usual, the depth of Gladwell's research is uh, combined with his conversational writing style makes this a must read again. I've yet to read a Malcolm Gladwell book that I didn't get something profound out of. Um, And so I'll read them all as long as he keeps making them. So, watching, I've been watching the second season of the show, The Bear. Have you guys uh, heard of this one? It's on Hulu, and oh, I don't know where it airs. heard of it. Is, is on, it good? On TV. Yeah, first season, it's about, well, you guys are both, like, cooking. So, yes, you're going to love it. Uh, it's the, it's the oh. guy from Shameless, um, the one that's not a Jedi now. And um, I'm only two episodes into the second season, but the first season was rad, and I did stumble upon a critique that says the second season just keeps bringing it, and yeah, I'm two episodes in, I'm already hooked, just like season one. Uh, so, a promising second season is underway, and they're all released, so you can just kind of binge them. So, uh, the bear is definitely worth your guys' time, since you love cooking. And uh, I don't want to yeah. spoil it for you. So, check it out. Uh, okay, so playing, uh, this is ha- also has to do with you two, you rascals. After hearing constant <laughs> talk about Elden Ring on our Discord server, I oh, gave it finally. another go, and yeah. And I must say, I am hooked. I've been playing it a lot, uh, although I only have like a level 20-something character. For me, it's a lot. Uh, the The gameplay is fantastic. I love the back and world, the varied combat tactics, and I love the level design. It's been an engaging experience and frustrating at times, but still fun somehow. Uh, exploring the world of Elden Ring, and yeah, I find the, uh, I think the my favorite part is just Exploring the different uh, fighting styles so far and just, uh, you know, figuring out what I want to focus on, you know, what I find particularly compelling. So for those of you who, like me, who hadn't played it yet, who enjoy a challenging gameplay and the rich lore and fantasy setting, Elden Ring, no duh, is a game worth diving into. So those are my read,
1: watch, play. Devin, And uh, uh, folks at home, Ben sucks at video games, so if you think Elden Ring's too hard for you, if he can play it, you can play it, don't worry. no no fear i
0: I haven't i (laughs) haven't hit that part yet where i was so frustrated that i was like you know rage quitting it or anything like that but uh yeah there's been parts where i've gotten my uh, slapped down and then i had to like get better you know what i'm saying it's like a skill building thing right it's almost like playing an instrument or something you just get better and better at doing the things and boy is it fun it's so engaging yeah and i'm as good at video games as i am at trivia, so. <laughs> to give you an I idea, wish I,
2: could, I wish I could play that game for the first time again, man. There's so much to find, and so much fun stuff.
1: Oh yeah, and DLC though, there'll be DLC coming oh, out yeah, DLC. soon. So I'm I gotta film millennia before that. Embarrassing wealth of video games, jeez. Well, and the actual final boss of the game, maybe at some point. Well,
2: that'll be that'll <laughs> be
1: easy after, her, yeah. right? Probably. Um yeah. So for me, I just have some some watches multiple watches i've been catching up on tv okay. again after a long while of kind of uh, ignoring tv and just watching youtube all the time um i watched the third season of mythic quest uh this is the apple tv plus show made by the creators of always sunny in philadelphia starring um uh, uh i forgot his first name but his last name is micklehenny he's from always sunny what the hell's his first name rob rob micklehenny i think anyway see the one it, that
0: did the fight club body for that one season or whatever
1: i think so one of one yeah. of those one of those dudes got shredded like it just yeah, came he back is, from the break like he is shredded in mythic quest so yeah it's probably it's probably that <laughs> i never actually okay. watched Sunnys, so i was sunny so i'm not as familiar me with neither but i but... just
0: know him from that thing like he went on yeah. like conan or something and like um maybe it's a good time to take my shirt off and he like did the McConaughey thing he <laughs> took his shirt off and he was like boom had the had the uh, like fight club body or whatever People exactly. ask for the Fight Club body when they when they're rich and can afford to go to like a trainer, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh it's a body. But yeah, <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> uh, the show is not quite as chaotic as Always Sunny, definitely. It's it's a workplace comedy that takes place at a, a video game design studio, um very much kind of Brad. lampooning Blizzard and uh even you know addressing some of the things that happened at Blizzard in the last uh, year or two. Um oh, so it's like really uh contemporary as far as yeah yeah it started in 2019 late 2019 so yeah there's like pandemic stuff and uh blizzard lawsuit stuff and yeah um all kinds of things uh highly recommend uh i think that the third season really has hit its stride and i was very excited to find that it got renewed for a fourth already so i'm glad because i feel like it's really getting into the groove of not just the comedy but also the sort of interpersonal drama and it's very much about like working with other people and what it means to be creative Versus a, you know, a leader versus a creative, and how those roles can kind of blend, um, and the friction that is created between people who are very much one or the other, um, and uh, yeah, I highly recommend, especially for you, Ben. I think you would get a lot out of it as a as a creative and
0: a Oh, absolutely! Yeah. yeah, what is it called? One more time. Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest. Okay, and where yeah. is it? Uh,
1: where can we uh, find Apple it? Apple TV Plus.
0: Ah, uh, it's another okay. Apple yeah, is so like, giving... they either, man, Apple like either brings you like the coolest show ever or just something that's unwatchable. <laughs> <It's> no, <laughs> yeah. there's no in between there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. They go all in. I'm no on it. it. It's good or bad. They go all I'm in. on it. Yeah, uh, exactly. They do. They do. Another Apple TV plus show. I this one I have not quite finished the new season of, but it is season two of Schmigadoon. Uh, another show I've mentioned before. Ah, the musical one yeah yes this is a comedy uh with jordan or not jordan peele uh, the other one keenan michael key um and cecily strong the other one. from snl yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> they'll forever be associated with one another like Keech and chong and every yeah, good yeah. comedy troupe. yeah it's uh, fair
1: created by lauren michaels uh it is a show about a couple that are from the real world and having sort of couple issues uh that find themselves thrust into a musical where everything is a musical around them, but they are just the pure straight men who are confused as as we would be as the audience uh, walking into a musical. Um, Talk so about yeah, fish out of water. Yeah, first season's great, very funny. Uh, it's very much like, I don't get as many references in the first season as I do in the second, but the first one I think is meant to be sort of Oklahoma and Sound of Music and those sort of country-themed sort of folksy musicals. And uh, the second season takes place in Schmackago, Um And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's very much lampooning the era of musicals that I'm much more familiar with, like Chicago, Cabaret, Sweeney Todd, Les Mis. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are very much the references. And it does an incredible job. Um, Titus Burgess, is that his name? Titus Burgess mm-hmm. is in the second season uh, from Kim Known from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. He is hilarious. He plays sort of the narrator role. Um, and uh, a lot of returning cast members from Schmigadoon coming back as different characters in, in Schmigadoon. So, highly recommend season two of Schmigadoon. Yeah. A lot of great, a lot Excellent. Of great stuff. Uh, I'm going to order lastly, a pizza, Schmigadoon style. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lastly, I watched the first two episodes of uh, Marvel's Secret Invasion, which just started. Uh, oh, cool. That there is, which is only the first two episodes so far. But um, it is excellent. I, I think that uh, Marvel has really done it a service, um, Backseating uh, Fury in the most recent films. We haven't really seen him at all. And now mm-hmm. he is back. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson up there with Robert Johnny Jr. is, like, one of the best actors that Marvel has taken and, and stolen from the world. And mm-hmm. uh, letting him totally <laughs> shine, it was such a sweet. We had your Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> yeah. for, like, 20 uh, years. I think they, that Marvel's been smart about really basing their shows on their their most interesting characters and their best actors. Loki was very similar, where Tom well Wilson said. is just great. He's he's at his best when he's sort of just... He can carry ...with him. one other person bouncing back and forth, yeah. Um, and Samuel Jackson is no different. Uh, the show's great. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. Won't spoil anything at all about it, but check it out. I've um, watched I episode one. Yeah, I don't think... Honestly, I don't think it's linked to much very strongly. I think if you've seen Captain Marvel, uh, that's probably Yet. all you need to watch to yeah, I mean, Oh, so I see what you're
0: saying. Yeah, so far. Yeah, I see what I, you're I saying. The, before yeah, You don't have homework. to. You're talking about yeah, homework. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. If like you have dropped work. off of Marvel in the most recent uh, uh, arcs, which I wouldn't blame you, if you've seen Captain Marvel and I guess, you know, Infinity War and Endgame, you will pretty much get everything that's going on in, in Secret Invasion without much issue. So check
0: it out. Excellent. Okay. Uh, And yeah, I will. Uh, Like I said, I've watched the first episode and um, added it to my old list. So yeah, there's a lot coming out all of a sudden there was like a little bit of a dry spell. And now like I have an app that tracks episodes I haven't watched. Um, Hmm. I forget what it's called, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So I I just can't keep it all in mind, but there's so many shows out there. I can't be bothered to remember them all. So this thing reminds me when a new ep- episode drops, it's actually pretty handy. But all of a sudden it went from like three episodes to like 40, like almost overnight. <laughs> oh, okay. Lots of stuff dropped. Okay, so James Pepe, what have you got for us this week on just one more thing?
2: Uh, yeah, so I, I want to, uh, I'll recommend, I don't think I've recommended the show on the show before, but I'm going to recommend a show called Legion. Um, and so this was a show that came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. It's a X Men show. Um, Adjacent. And it or? has no. It's X Men. Well, I mean, it's straight up X. It depends. Yeah, it's straight up X Men. Um, uh, trying to remember which it, one
0: it was because there was a few. I feel like there was a couple out at the time that were X Men ish or something.
2: Yeah, so this is the one that had Dan Stevens and Aubrey Plaza and um, Jermaine Clement uh, in it. We're, it wasn't like a show about, like, Cyclops and Wolverine, but, like, these are X-Men, there's, like, X-Men characters in those. They're X-Men characters. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so this show, like I said, came out in 2017. It ran for three seasons, which was, like, the arc that the guy who was doing the show wanted it to do. It was intended so like to do complete, it. Yeah. Yeah. Intended for three seasons. Um, and when it came out, it originally aired on like real TV, like normal TV. Um, mm-hmm. And I watched the first season and I really, really liked it. But there, but so much time had passed between the first and the second season that when, the second season came out. I didn't remember anything about the first season, and I didn't have a way to go back and rewatch the first season, and so I kind of just dropped it. Um, but now I'm going back and rewatching the first season, which is very, very good, mm-hmm. um, and I'm looking forward to seeing the ones that I uh, haven't seen yet. So, okay, I'm still trying to determine if this is the one that I watched the first season of,
0: really loved it, and never finished watching it. Just the one where a lot of stuff takes place in the mind. Yeah. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Okay, I'll say something else. It's 2023, in case you're listening to this down the road or whatever, but 2017 seems like so long ago now. Like the number <laughs> yeah, doesn't. Yeah. But like stuff that I hear happened in 2017 feels like a, an eon ago or something, or a different era or something. I guess it kind of yeah. was. Yeah. Um,
1: I will. Echo, okay, so I'll rewatch that. I'll echo that recommendation. Yeah. I, I had the exact same experience that Pepe just described. I watched the first season. I loved it. And then forgot about the show entirely and then a second season came out and i didn't feel like rewatching the entire first season to to get Mm -hmm. into the second because i didn't um yeah didn't want to go in blind uh but yeah very i also didn't want to be lost in (laughs) yeah right you know like let down
0: so it's like now that we're in a place where you know you can confirm that they landed the the ship or or whatever well then maybe it, it it you know maybe it is worth the effort right We've talked about this yeah. before, That's just the glut of, you know, stuff out there, content.
2: Yeah, yeah so, like, I mean, the reason I, I like this show is because it's very, um, it's very avant-garde. It's very sort of, like, um, very, very stylized, very sort of metaphysical. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, re-watching it, I think, um, I think Severance has a lot owes a lot to this show especially with the look interesting and and yeah. doubly especially with the um with the um costume design which is weird to say but it's mm. definitely the same like there's a similar aesthetic going on ben stiller must have been a big fan of legion then um yeah interesting but yeah it's a why it's 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 uh it's it's something unlike you will have ever seen before which is things that i like so give it a shot
0: yeah i like that i'm a sucker for that kind of metaphysical stuff too um so yeah thanks that put that back
2: on my radar yeah Yeah, it's uh, also really high concept which is i like as well like this is something that i high concept is uh, good twilight zone i love the
0: twilight zone i love that kind of stuff that's why like when i was saying uh the kind of like a plus or fail for apple i was deeply disappointed when their amazing stories wasn't that good um, just like the new Twilight Zone, it was okay, but uh, <laughs> yeah nothing, nothing beats the original. Cool. Yeah. Anything else you want to recommend, or is there, are we gonna rest on that? No,
2: I think that's it. Um, yeah, I really like the fact that it's high. Co- I like, I'm excited to watch Legion. This is the, something that I complain a lot about with like Pathfinder modules, right? Like you have this whole world, but like okay every Pathfinder module starts? Like oh, you're gonna fight some goblins, then you're gonna fight some orcs, and then. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. Once, you, once you hit level, the 15, same chess like, opening move every time. Yeah, yeah, but it's like you have this whole world pathfinder. Why don't you just do some interesting shit right from right from fucking the get go? And this is that's so easy to just show this.
0: Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they open up with uh, instead of the goblins gambit, they open up with uh, they leave gambit out of it completely. They open up with. Uh, I'm trying to come up with some kind of like chess mind power <laughs> thing. I don't remember the show enough. Oh well, we'll we'll, we'll fix it Yeah, in post. I mean the the
2: show <laughs> the show wrong foots you and starts playing tricks on you and um actively keeps you from knowing just exactly what's going on what's right happened in the beginning. And I think that's really cool. It's probably why uh, it scared I've... me like lost did. <laughs>
1: In a I will similar also way, say, um, some of Aubrey Plaza's best work ever oh, in that show. Yeah. yeah, if if you have recently watched like uh, uh what's it show White Lotus, White and Lotus. Fallen in lo- re-fallen in love with Aubrey Plaza. Uh, yeah, at least yep. it's a great next watch.
0: She's also very good in a 2012 movie by the Duplass Brothers. Uh, that is, um, they got their idea from that actual classified ad, like need someone to go back in time with uh safety yeah, right. not guaranteed which is also the same name of the movie she was oh, that. So, She's sorry, so it's
2: through and through it's uh it's it's streaming on Hulu right now so you can watch the whole thing on Hulu.
0: Great, thank you. Yes yeah, for that little tidbit. Yeah excellent. All right guys thanks for those excellent just one more things. Um I think we probably have enough content for two shows here so why don't we <laughs> <laughs> wrap it up? Um we'll head off into the Sunset here with our send-offs. Uh in our segment Goodbye Lookers. Just one more thing. Not that one. Columbo? Oh, no. Oh, no. That's true Columbo, oh, in no, true no. Columbo. In true Colombo fashion. That's what he does. Thing. Devin, I know you'll love Columbo. You gotta watch I'll, if you watch one episode of Columbo, I will send you which one to watch. How about that? Just how Pepe <laughs> got me in to watch see. the viewing, which I absolutely love. Oh god. We'll that see. Okay. Well, so you good. you're the one that loves poker face, so you gotta see where it came from. There's no poker face without Columbo. There isn't. You'll see what I mean when you watch. Okay, so here we go.
2: I think I'll miss you most of all.
0: Rip my heart out every time. Dorothy is letting us know it's time to say goodbye. And now, as we reach the end of our show, I assure you, that's not a tear in my eye. It's just a rogue piece of photographic film. Let's start with... Get in!
1: I have been Devin Schwartz. You can find me at pan uh, pan And did you say game over, Dan?
2: Did you <laughs> yeah. say game over? Game X- over X-
1: well X- done.
2: Game over, Sacklers. And it's just it's not fair. <laughs> 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 right. James Pepe. Starting to get sympathetic with the Sacklers. So yeah. <laughs> <been my> <laughs> Yeah, I I have been and still am James Pepe. Uh, Thanks for coming out and uh, watching or listening and hope to see you back uh, in a fortnight.
0: Indeed. Come
2: join us. All right.
0: And this has been I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine. And now that you've looked at ours, we hope to look at yours soon. If you enjoy the show, be sure to smash that like button, comment, subscribe, ring the bell, give us a five-star review. Dot your I's, cross your T's, sign here, uh, initial here, and don't forget to tell your friends. In today's parting sentiment, until next time, lookers, may your life be as vibrant and inspiring as a Nan Golden photograph, minus the opioid crisis. So I guess <laughs> what I'm saying is all the beauty and none of the bloodshed. And remember to watch All The Greaves 2022 on Max, formerly HBO Max. Until next time, keep on looking.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm